You're listening to the world's only pro wrestling podcast, the VIP Lounge, bringing you the best in pro wrestling, new school guests, interviews, and opinions. Brought to you by ReeseRyanBrand.com. And here's your host, the VIP champion, the king of swag, Reese Ryan. What is going on, you guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to the VIP Lounge episode 10. Oh my God, we did it. We're at episode 10. Um, no, no, it's it's. I'm so, so psyched to speak to these guys. Uh, we've got uh, Cassius, the Neon Explosion, uh, and we've got Brad Slayer. Now, these guys are both decorated LGBTQ plus performers. Um, they're both uh, been announced to be on the Pride Pro Wrestling roster, as well as myself. Uh, so I'm excited to sit and have a chat with them. Uh, just before we get into it, guys, just to let you know as well, I've just finished recording the um, Wrestling With Yourself podcast. Um, that will be uh, coming up soon as well, so you should check those guys out. Uh, that's kind of that's a British wrestling podcast that focuses specifically on mental health. Uh, so if you guys are interested in that, go and check it out. Um, so without further ado, this is the VIP Lounge Podcast, episode 10. We've got Brad Slayer. Hey, Brad, say hi. Hey man, how you doing, man? How's uh how's lockdown the uh, 2.0 going? 2.0 is day one, and I'm already bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, I imagine the uh the answer is very similar for uh for Cassius as well. How you doing, man? Yay, I'm good. I've just been listening to Britney all day, literally. Well, normally I wouldn't be at home. I would be out listening to Britney, but this time I'm at home listening to Britney. So that's the only the only difference. First of all, I, I wanted to kind of break the ice with you guys. Um, have you guys got any like embarrassing stories about your time uh, as wrestlers? Have you got something that might be a funny little story? Okay, I've got two. I've I've got a video clip off, but I've never shared it because it's so embarrassing. And this was the first time I ever did a suicide dive through the ropes in a match. And um, I dove through and I I bent my legs so they got caught in the top rope. And instead of supposing to like land on the person, I landed right in front of them on the floor in front of their feet. <sighs> and it was so and it was so embarrassing. And I just, oh my god, that must have hurt so bad. It's, it hurt so bad, but do you know what hurt more was like I was just so embarrassed that definitely like, pride hurt more. I was I was looking at their faces come closer to me, and all of a sudden I was just looking at their feet on the floor. And and I've got footage of that, but I've like never shared that because obviously I'm not going to share that publicly. Um, but I thought now's the time to. I could talk about that because I know I've done a suicide dive like a thousand times since then, so that's cool. <laughs> Well, you know what? Like, as as a kind of maybe as a promotional material, once I release this podcast, you should send me that video, and what I'll do is I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll like kind of file it down, and no! then I'll be like, hey, VIP Lounge Podcast, come and check out this story, and then we'll just see you like a gif, just like hitting the floor every like two seconds. Don't. Okay. He's burying us already. We're minutes in. We're being buried. Do you know what? I I can happily comment on that because. I know I can do an amazing suicide dive now, so it's fine. So uh, my other story was um, backstage, I was 
watching the show and peeping through the curtains and um I'd had my match so I took my gear off and I was just there in my pants and um Malik um Brad you know Malik right oh yeah yeah we know Malik uh yeah and um he came behind me and uh he he grabbed me by the pants and he did a he gave me a wedgie but he pulled the pants so high that they ripped in half and came off in his hands. <laughs> That's how high he pulled them. And I was just like, what the fuck? And I couldn't even be angry because I was just, I found it so hilarious. Like my pants just ripped in half, in two from a wedgie. So and we, were, well, we were just speechless. We, we, we were just cracking up for like a good 10 minutes. Solid. So we've got a, uh, we've got face, face full of suicide dive and, uh, and, and the, the wedgie from hell. Brad, what yeah. do you got to say? Um, all right, I'll, I'll go in with a couple. Um, I, I didn't know this was going to be the starting question. It's an interesting one to start with. Well, yeah, we don't we don't mess <laughs> around here, you know. Just dive straight in. Go straight, straight to the point. Every every wrestler's nightmare wrestling on a hangover. So oh. we're setting ourselves up um, professionally, of course. Um, so we get to a everyone's favorite holiday camps. I don't know how many holiday camps you do. I don't know if you do a lot of them, but so it was me and Roy Knight. So we arrive, uh, Roy went straight backstage. We finished set up for the ring and I, I, I put my bag down. I, I looked at him and thought I'm struggling. So at this point I got in, a, I think it was about six in the morning. We were at this, this holiday camp. It was about 12 o'clock and I looked at him and I kind of got the same vibe. He looked at me, I was like, what time did you get in? He was like, six. <laughs> <sighs> okay, me too. Okay. Ro- Ro- I'm giving up probably about 20 years in the business to Roy at this point as well. So I know how this match is going. Um, so it gets to the point, lucky enough, we do the match at the end. It's a tag match. So at, th- at this point, I get time on the apron to think about my life and <laughs> what bad state I'm in at this point. Um, uh, eventually, we, 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 we um, I say we, I, I can't include myself, but someone else did a very good job of building the crowd up, ready for that hell up tag. There, I, I finally got it, and there I come in. In my infinite wisdom, obviously, your generic hot tag on a holiday camp, throwing it in, clothesline, clothesline, back elbow, back over. Normally, I'd go for slam, slam, so I do one slam. Uh, instead of going for the other slam, my infinite Roy's feeding for it like an absolute trooper, still suffering from the night before. I've just thrown an arm drag that that was so out of place. I've just absolutely stacked it on the floor. (laughs) No one looked up at him. Just eye contact. He's looked at me like, what a knob. No. Absolute knob. And then, the hot tag. That, yeah, the hot tag died. It, it went colder than, than a frozen tag, man. He, he, I think he slammed me about 10 times in a row. And, uh, <laughs> to the point where I was like, okay, I get what he's doing now. Time to feed out. That, that's the end of that hot tag. So yeah, I had oh. to stack that one and ruin that. Um, the second one. Um, again, oh, holiday camps again. This is where you have your fun times. That was wrestling on a hangover. This time was wrestling on a cold. Absolute work. I, I probably got that on the back of a hangover as well. Um, <laughs> Painting myself a great light to start with. but um, So I had a bit of a cold and I was getting a runny nose. Mm. So I didn't obviously want to be in the first place, but we, we, we got through it. We'd done our job. 
uh, right to the end. Guy picks me up on the shoulders, ready for the, uh, the big finish. Up on the shoulders, ready for, I think it was a Death Valley or something like that. Something simple for holiday camps. And my nose starts to run. I mean, right, like, he kept me up there too long. Oh. You know, oh. you know the bad guy showing off, ready for yeah. the big... Yeah, he kept me too long. So as he's thrown me over, mm-hmm. it's gone up in the air. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. As I took the bump, I'm thinking, shit, where's that got? I see it. I watch it all the way up into the lights, lose it because of the lights. It comes back down and literally brushes my ear. It was so close. Oh, man. (laughs) And he looks at it and pins me. You can just see it in his face. And I'm like, yeah, sorry, man. So that was pretty grim. Oh, man. You know, it's funny because, um, like every time that I have somebody on and uh, and I ask them about embarrassing stories, I would say nine out of ten they're at holiday camps. There's just endless stories, like you were saying. Every time you hear one of these stories, it's because of the holiday camps and oh, I I could go on forever on them, but they're they're just so fun. I did a few a couple of years ago. I haven't done as um I'd like to do more, obviously, like when this um when this is over but um yeah like you say they're just so fun and like the and and I feel like there's less maybe a little bit less pressure as well um where, where you can just kind of you can really hone your craft without feeling like you're gonna get um I don't know you you've got so, such a spotlight on you maybe Cassius maybe if you did the suicide dive spot but did it at a holiday camp you maybe it wouldn't have hit so hard for you you know <laughs> you know what that I'm glad that that was on a small show like back in the day. So I, no many, not many people really remember that. So that that was, I guess you could say it was like the like you know, it wasn't well, a massive show, so it was fine. But yeah. Well, you're doing a great idea. You do you had a great idea burying it by you know saying it on this podcast. Now everybody knows. I don't know if I'm ready to show the video of it yet, but I'm at least ready to talk about it. It's, I'm making progress. <laughs> <laughs> have you had any really bad like injuries over the years? Like I know that you, Brad, have been wrestling a long time. Have you got um any any stories about like kind of the the general wear and tear that wrestling gives you on your body? Well, obviously, um, you you wear and tear. You pick up mostly on your back and stuff like that. Um, my, the main injury I've had before I go onto back is probably my knee. I've done my um, ACL, my cruciate ligaments. Ooh. Moral of the story is, is don't pick up really, really heavy people. <laughs> so basically, we got the timing timing wrong. I uh, picked a guy up who's like 30 stone. So Ooh. rather than his hands, um, obviously, like supporting himself on my thigh. Because obviously we were later on in the match with the sweat and obviously oil and whatever, it slipped down to actual knee joint and yeah, you can imagine the. So that was a a nice year out. That was that was um. Thirty stone on your knee, raw. Yeah, literally. You know, so you know, you know when you bend your knee so it goes like forward and then back and stuff like that. It, it did that, but sideways. Oh. Uh. It's a nasty one. You know the horror videos that you watch and go, Ugh. it was it was one of those Jesus. that actually happened to me, and and that was the Man. weird feeling as well. It's like it, it obviously it hurt. It, it didn't hurt to like the magnitude I thought it would. It was more the feeling in my head, thinking, mm-hmm. 
that that's not right. I, I, I went to get up and just fell over after that and just got covered and that was home time. See you later. But yeah. But then I, I, I carried on wrestling after that because I, I, I went to obviously the, the knee specialist mm-hmm. and they said like it, it's a full ACL reconstruction. So I was like, well, basically, so, so it's not going to be it, it, it's not going to get any worse because it's, it's, it's as bad as it's going to get. He's like, basically, yeah. So in my infinite wisdom, obviously, I thought, well, I might as well carry on wrestling because it can't get any worse up until the operation when I did. Um, and it, and it, didn't, it didn't actually hurt really that much. It's just because the ligament had gone, I, I'd lost stability in the knee. So it just wasn't stable. So it comes to a point where I was, um, it was a WAW, I think it was a world title fight or something like that, something really big. Um and I was working with a guy I really enjoy working with. He's not working at the moment. A guy called Dal Broughton. He used to wrestle as King Kendo. Real big guy, big heavyweight. So I, 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 whatever spot we did, I think I ducked under something or so. I hit him with a big drop kick. He fed to the corner. And I do like a, a combo where I come in running with a clothesline, hit off like right in the corner, follow up with like a big jumping back elbow. So as I've run corner to corner, obviously my knee's not stable. So as I take the second step out from the corner, my knee just completely buckles. Doesn't hurt, but just mm. buckles to the point where I just I, I fall into him with the most unconvincing strike to the point where I literally just fell down his body, slowly caressing his his tit. Okay. <laughs> I think this would have been a good one. Yeah, I, I feel like I probably should have charged. Um, I think this would probably have gone really good with the. The, the embarrassing stories that I've now is just yeah, yeah. It's one of those well, you know when, when you said about that and you, you kind of fell over and just kind of stroked him I feel like maybe <laughs> you know Cassius could do that as part of his moves and call it the Cassius stroke oh okay <laughs> I feel like probably a lot more graceful than what I did <laughs> <laughs> what about you Cassius um well, okay, so at one time I hurt my lower back at one point, and like even if I sat down, it would hurt. If I got out of bed, it would hurt. And I noticed it was like a real big problem when like I couldn't even sit up the table to eat my breakfast properly without it hurting. So I was like, okay, let me go get this checked out because I didn't really know what had caused it. It just gradually got worse over time. I went to the osteopath, and um, he was like, uh, you have a twisted pelvis um but your lower back hurts because your glutes are so tight and your hamstrings um and he he looked at me he was like you know you might look good in a pair of jeans by like working your glutes all the time but you you have to stretch them out so at this osteopath what they did was um so they had me stripped down to my underwear and so he can like observe um you know, like my spine and posture and stuff. <laughs> Observe a few things. Um, and then he literally was on his knee behind me and his head was like... And then he said, okay, can you bend down and touch your toes? And then does this hurt? And I was like, it actually does. But I didn't know this is what happened when you go see the osteopath. So I had like... Sounds like that was, that was payment for the treatment, right? Literally, like I... I had no idea I'd have to strip down to my like, underwear at this appointment. So I had the smallest pants on, like the smallest ones. And his head was literally right there. And I was like, oh, my God. 
And then he actually had to like push my butt and say and ask me like where the pain was. Like, is it here? Like, is it there? And was just like poking my butt. <laughs> and I was like, um, yeah. I'll take, and, I'll take you back then. Huh? Yeah, I went back a few times. Yeah, I went back a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please, please tell and, me um, drink first. Sorry, what? No, pl- please tell me you got you a drink first. Oh no, 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 joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. So, so they had to do um a lumbar release on me as well, which is like they just like you get this massive click, at, in like one of the bones or whatever you call it, ligament, bone, whatever. Um, and when they're like warming up your hips to get this click, like they literally have you on the bed thing. And I'm there cradled in my pants and the osteopath is literally like they have to move your body themselves. And to do that, they kind of have to like thrust into you. And it it was like, oh, my God, what is going on? It was so weird because I was laying there in my pants on this osteopath bed getting rocked (laughs) i was like okay you know what all this time you've been thinking that that's an osteopath and there's going to be someone that's going to write in and it's going to be like that is not what an osteopath does (laughs) you know what and this is the thing like i i am convinced this is a proper osteopath place you know but never done a training in his life (laughs) months later months later he invited himself to one of the shows and came to the show and I didn't realise he was there. And after the show, he came up to me and went, this is why you've got such a bad back. So how long have you guys been in wrestling? Uh, I started in 2013. So, oh my God, seven years almost. That's that's me. (laughs) Nice. Uh, A little bit longer for me. (laughs) Started in two. 2000 and, uh, 2006, so 14. Oh, wow. Nice. When Trish retired. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm based on, of course. <laughs> Just reincarnated, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she obviously retired. I thought, well, there's a void that, that needs filling now. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, the, 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 particularly with 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 you uh cassius um like f- tell me if i if um obviously this is in- includes yourself brad let me know but um i think with with you cassius you've got such a specific l lgbt inspired um kind of uh performance that you do um was it always that way like were you were you pushed in that direction early on or was this something that you had to fight to try and to try and get through um well literally before my first match I didn't have a character or anything and then we were just at training and um I got in the ring and I was supposed to be a heel and I grabbed one of the girls and I threw her by the hair and it looked so like bitchy and my trainer was like oh my god we want you on the show we want you to do that sort of cattiness and stuff and then and he's like I want you to wear pink and get sparkles and I did that and then so from my first match it was sort of like that and then it just you know I got I noticed that the more if I got cheered more for slut dropping or booty popping than I did of the actual moves I mean they would still cheer for my moves you know whatever but um (laughs) I noticed that it was the character stuff that the crowd liked more for me and then it was more like oh let me just be me in the ring and yeah that's how it went for me 
Well, um, I'd see, I, the reason I ask is because I was interested to know if maybe you did the generic thing that most people do when you start off and you're wearing the, uh, you know, the, the black pleather shorts with the flames on them. No, no, like... no, 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 <laughs> no offense to any of those people. But so I, I literally, even in my everyday life, I don't own anything black. So like all, all my clothes are just bright and colorful. So when, um, my wrestling gear ended up being bright. I was like, oh, this feels like me. So it was fine. Yeah, I was. I don't own anything black. So I think the day the day I get black gear, I'm going to feel a bit, I don't know, like not myself or like I'm going to a funeral or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and what about what about you, Brad? Um, so tell me a bit about your wrestling style. Have you had kind of a bit of a metamorphosis over the years? Uh, 100%. Yeah, I, I think that's a good word for it as well. So when I first started out, um, obviously wrestling and being LGBT, you, you kind of look to people who've sort of paved the way and really not many people have, or if they have, it's not ever been in a good light. Mm-hmm. So uh, either a villain, it's been a, a, a comedy character, or, or mm-hmm. it's been some, it's been a sideshow, it's been a joke. So I didn't want to take that into wrestling because I didn't know any different. So when I first started wrestling, I I I, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't I don't think I come out till um what year would it have been in wrestling about two thousand like eleven twelve. So at that point I'd already been wrestling about five years. So I'd already found my feet. I'm starting to get there like in ring. Um. And I, I didn't want to tell people because in my mind it was it, that would almost be the end of wrestling. So like mm. it, it, it's always been a bad thing. So I, in my mind, it was either you come out and accept who you are or or you have wrestling. It, it wasn't both, mm. which it, it, it's, it sounds ridiculous now looking back at it. It, it seems such a stupid statement. But mm-hmm. in my head, that's exactly how I see it. So I've now made a real big conscious effort to make it um, part of what I do. Like, like when it comes to campness femininity, it's, it's, it's not really how I am. Mm. But I do like to make sure like people know that I am LGBT and mm. stuff like that. Really, like, I mean, this has come off the back of a chat I had with um, another LGBT wrestler, uh, Paro. Probably, like, a lot of people know him. And it was always be, he said to me, be the wrestler that you needed growing up. Mm. So if I would have had that wrestler growing up, I would have seen that it's a lot more acceptable and normal and, and, and anyone can do this. So that's why you know, I, I bought it in. He said, to me, it was like, okay, actually, yeah, that's like a light switch moment. Like, no, I need to do it. Not for me. It's for everyone else that realize I want to do wrestling, but I can't. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I, I don't want anyone to be in the same boat that I was or thinking it, I have to choose because it's just ridiculous. Mm. I love I love I, I love everything about what you just said. And like going off that as well, <coughs> excuse me, um, uh, with with me as well, I think something very similar where like I uh, like the thing is, I, I started wrestling when I was 14 came out when I was probably about 15 something like that but I always had them very separate like how you say um and and like literally even even like ago I was like okay I'm gay but um but maybe my wrestling character's straight 
Like li- <laughs> even like literally, literally, like because like uh, particularly with, with with my kind of act as well, I have such a clear divide between my real life self and my wrestling self. And like and and like and literally, I I even refer to them as like a third person thing. Like they did this. Like the social medias are so separate. <laughs> like don't really have my own social medias. It's all the character. And um. Sometimes that alienates people because they think that I'm a dick. But you know, anyway, uh, the like because um because they're so separate. I I was kind of like, yeah, he's straight. But then particularly with Pride Pro and everything that's been happening with that, it's been like hell. Like it's okay to to be yeah. you know to like- to be a gay wrestling character. Like I didn't want to just be like like you say a a, a sideshow. I felt like if I told if I said that Reese Ryan was gay. I felt like maybe it would be like, right, okay, he'll be the one gay one and I'll have to fight for, I'll have to fight all the other LGBT people for that one shot on that one show, you know. It's going to be me, Visage, Brad Slayer, Cassius, they'll just dunk one in the show and that'll be it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. room for everyone. Yeah, this is literally room for everyone. Like, uh, and it's proven, it's getting proven time and time again now when they have like shows in the States that are, all lgbtq shows where there is a spot for everyone and and that's so cool but like you but like a lot of people think that oh there's if what like what you said if one's on the show the other can't be but i think you know if you don't believe that if you don't follow that rule you can't play that game Mm-hmm. And then, and then you realize, oh, do you know what? If someone is on that show, I'm still gonna be on it either way. I'll make sure I'm on it, or you know. Yeah. And there's room for everyone, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, just because it's an LGBT person as well, it doesn't mean that um, it doesn't mean that their acts are the same. Like, like hell, exactly. the Reese, the Reese Ryan's act, Cassius's act, Visage's act, Brad Slayer's act, like they're all so different, you know. Yeah. Exactly. They're all like completely different things. <laughs> the um it's funny actually when you mentioned the kind of exclusively lgbt uh shows because um recently as well when pride pro was announced um i i won't name names or anything like that but there was a certain there was certain individuals that weren't very happy that it was going to be a specific lgbt show like the like the um an individual that wasn't perhaps part of that group um wanted to kind of uh you know get booked or whatever and it it got a little bit heated because like it's you know and and then it kind of went the other way and it was like okay well how can you exclude us do you know what i'm what i mean and like i don't know how i quite feel about that it made me feel like is it hypocritical to kind of um no it's not and this is why because there's a thousand other shows they could be on there we go yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah well, long and short of it that's exactly right. <laughs> there's a like, thousand it, other shows that could be on in any country in anywhere around the world so yeah it's not hypocritical period <laughs> <laughs> period right <laughs> moving on speaking you know if we're going to move on we may as well talk about it now we brought it up uh pride pro wrestling we've all been announced to be uh part of their roster going forward um so what what does this kind of project mean to you guys gone you go you go first brad yeah all right um i i think it's a massive massive deal um and and i i also sort of same boat as what you you uh experienced there and 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 you hear people going well, why isn't there a straight pride show? And it's like, but but you're going to get it. Of course you're going to get it. Because 
it's and it's not always like meant in a bad way. It's just it's just about education. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what the show is about. It's about showing people that we are here. We're not like I said earlier on, we're not it's not a sideshow. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's the main event. It going back to what we said even earlier, it's like there's not just one spot for the token gay guys. Mm. It is um, the same as when it goes for um, female wrestling. Is like, oh, there's only going to be room for one female because that's the girls' match. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, and, and it's mm-hmm. the same principle. It, it, you you roll your eyes, but it is exactly that though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is exactly what that show's doing. Like I, we can't. I, I mentioned Pride Pro, and we talk about Pride Pro, and, and I'm going to mention um, another one. Uh, Effie's Effie's big gay bash. Uh, yeah. Brunt, sorry. Oh, it was a it, that was the first one, and to watch that was a, a groundbreaking show that really taught. But actually, brought a tear to my eye at the end of it because I, I never thought I was going to see a show of that magnitude, like the caliber it was, including some phenomenal athletes. Well, you look at um, Sunny Kiss, who is mm-hmm. absolutely smashing it um, at AEW. You look at, um, if you go back, uh, Cassandro, which I'm Cass, I'm, I'm sure you've had quite a few dealings with Cassandro, who's an absolute idol of mine. Yeah. Uh, basically doing what we're doing now, well before it was called cool to do that, well before, more importantly, it was safe to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, to have a show like that, it's, it's show, and how popular it was, just shows that there is room for it. There's massive support for it. Uh, and people want it the more importantly people want it and so we're going to be part of that uh one of the biggest pride events in the world london pride's huge yeah so to be part of that is an honor for all of us exactly so i'm massively massively excited for it yeah i'm so excited too to be a part of that like because london pride is always so much fun like there's just such a good vibe in the air and it's such a special weekend and so the fact that we're on an lgbtq plus show in the heart of london at the same weekend of london pride like that's crazy and that's so cool and like five years ago i didn't think something like this would be possible in wrestling let alone in british wrestling so like that, i'm excited for this as well I don't know about you guys as well, but like something that I really wasn't expecting is the amount of like love that we've been getting on social media. Um, also, I, I think like um, particularly now, like we're all on social media because we're not seeing people in person. We're not going to shows, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that love when Pride Pro was announced and like mm-hmm. all of us coming through onto the roster and things like that, like. It's it's awesome the how much like you say this just mean to people and I, and I, and hell like you know it 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 happened a few weeks ago and I said it on the last podcast but I've got to say it again I think it's amazing that somebody has listened to this podcast when I had Visage uh, on it um, and 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 that's give them the strength to come out to their family and like and realize that it's okay to be gay. And if Pride Pro can do that, if we can do that as performers, that's that's a freaking cool thing, right? Yes, that is so cool. And like when it's after a show, when fans tell you that, oh, seeing you be you, like inspired inspired them to be them. It, it's so weird because it's so cool to hear, but it's also weird because the the fans inspired me to be me. So when they say that to me, I'm like, oh, my God, you have no idea that you've done the opposite for me as well. And like when when fans 
say that and then when like you said the love from uh pride pro online and all that when i see all of that it makes me think why didn't i come out of the closet earlier like why did i spend so much time in the closet i wish i came out before because it's totally fine now but it was a different time back then wasn't it so like british wrestling has like changed so much and i think with with the times in general wrestling obviously follows trends and what a time to be alive eh just picking up on what you're saying there, Kath, mm. it, it, it's, it's it's all about mindset. And you were saying, like, obviously, um, before you, you wouldn't even, why did I spend so long like in mm-hmm. the closet? And, and it is, it all comes down to mindset. And that's one thing I think massively is Pride Pro is going to help people with is the mindset. So, like, literally grabbing them by the hand saying, it, it is okay. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah. Like to anyone else and like anyone who isn't part of the like the LGBT community is it's like well, it, well it's fine. Now we all know that because we've we've taken that leap and we've got mm. there. Yeah. And we know we now know it's okay, but we've all been in that place where in our head it's not. Oh god, yeah. And it's it's horrible. I think I think all of us can sit there and play testament to that. Like how it <laughs> is horrible. Like you think the world's against you. You, yeah. you make up lies about where you're going, what you're doing. Even uh, when you're doing mundane things or going to like, you know, like going to Soho, you say you're going somewhere else. But you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> but, but now we look back at we look, but like you're, you're looking back and you're sitting there and you're laughing, which is exactly yeah. how what we should be doing. But it it just it is it's crazy when you, you listen to stories like we're saying now. And you, it, it seems so silly, but in our heads, if we put ourselves back in that scenario before you come out it was it was a real it can be a dark place a lonely place as well because mm-hmm. you think well no one else is going through this obviously they are but in your head you, it, it is a lonely place how you are you feel like it, it's wrong well like you say you just think about every minute detail and like and you know like me in everyday life i'm not like camp really as it is mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably more more account than some people but like not that that's um a bad thing anyway but like the thing is my point is naturally i'm not really but i used to think when i was in the closet like to be anti-camp you know i'm just gonna chip in there so what, like all my family are quite a macho family mm-hmm. um so my mum is one of th- um, one of four, three of them being brothers. So all my uncles were big, big butch, like macho guys um, who were obviously set in their ways. My family are absolutely fantastic with it now. But like, obviously growing up, I had nothing to associate there. Then when I got into wrestling, I had nothing to associate with. Like the, the time I had to come out, I was living with um, all the Knight family. Mm-hmm. So Roy, Zach, Ricky. Um, even do like the people who who you look at and um could be quite intimidating characters big butch macho guys um mm-hmm. I, I just wish i could have traveled further into the future and just the, the after part where i've already told people and realized just how okay it was mm-hmm. like especially like with people like that living under their their roof and thinking how am i supposed to tell these people that uh, like who i actually am because mm. it's not right, but then I did, and it was the most, well, sort of like liberating experience telling these people who I've looked up to and loved and live under their roof um, about me, and they were like, "And what?" Put yeah. put an arm around you. I was like, "We don't care." 
yeah, it, it was more of a shock to certain people, especially when like when I started out, uh, when I started when I moved to Norwich um, and started finding my feet and getting some actual momentum and resting. That's when I started tagging up with um, Kip. So anyone that knows Kip and shared a locker room with him and just generally been around him know that he's really like feminine. So <laughs> to be tagged up with him and then one day one person from our tag team at the time special edition comes out as gay everyone obviously assumed it was him um <laughs> well we, we always joke because like back in the day it was i was the one like i had to come out as straight and he had to uh, i had to come out as gay and he had to come out as straight <laughs> that's just how people see us oh. which was, it was always good fun but like that was um one of the hardest part of the, the transition as well is, is, and I'm sure you've probably associated with it as well, is telling the people closest to you. To tell a stranger is, is, is no problem, but you tell your closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Kip was actually one of the last persons to actually, like, find out, yeah, I was living with him. Um, mm-hmm. I was working with him, going to the gym with him. It's like, basically, we spent our life basically together. And mm-hmm. I, I just didn't want to tell him because I obviously didn't want that friendship to change. Yeah. Uh-huh. Again, I got the same treatment. He's like, well, "Why are you being an idiot?" And just put your arm around me and said it's um, it's absolutely fine. So that, that brings us back nicely to like Pride Pro. It's about education. It's about visibility. So with education comes visibility, and without that visibility, people won't understand. So I mean, that that that's I think going back is one of the main reasons why I'm excited for it. It is to show people. It's to show yeah. people that the visibility were there. Educate. It's it's a wrestling show. It's not a freak show. We're not all because it's gay. It's going to be completely like sex crazed <laughs> manic <laughs> antics and no. It, it's 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 the same as any other show. We're just showing that you can be like us and still put on an amazing show. Exactly. Uh huh. And it's not just for for um. It's for everything LGBTQ plus as well. How like obviously currently we're doing this podcast and we're we're all uh gay males but like the thing is like the, the there's so many um different different areas that that the pride is pride pro is representing like i don't know if you've seen the merchandise yeah. that they put out recently but you know like uh bi pansexual transgender like all these different mm-hmm. like areas and that that is just so so warm it's amazing to see. being gay or lesbian in this day and age now is it's more than accepted it's welcome it's absolutely fine but people are still unsure when it comes to transgender unsure when it comes to non-binary pansexual people like i just don't get it and people are afraid of things they don't understand uh-huh so again this is what it's all about um and i don't know if you've seen as well um the they've they've announced like the 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 look of the new title belt and things like that um i think the the actual designs uh of of pride pro as well that like it looks so damn cool like the logo and like the venue and things like that uh are you guys excited to like kind of get- i can't wait to win the belt <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's already Screw you Well, by, by the sounds of it, we're just there for the after party. You're taking the main yeah, event. Yeah, that's what it, that's <laughs> what it sounds like. We are all part of the main event. We are all part of the main event, you know, guys. There's room for everyone, you know. So, um, <laughs> uh, Cassius, just just so I'm aware, just so that we can, like, do, learn some reversals and whatnot, what exactly is your finishing move? What, my DD twerk? Your, your what? 
DD twerk. <laughs> oh man. It's it's a like a I do the tornado DDT, but I twerk before I do it, so it's the DD twerk. Oh, does the twerk add power? Yeah, it's more like a power up. It's like Miley Cyrus giving me her twerk vibes from the VMAs, and then I hit the DDT like Mickey James, and then I win the uh, Pride Pro World Championship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd pop, man. They really do pop. Yeah. See, that's that like that that gets more reaction than any of the normal moves I do. Or like if I, you know, if I did something cool without a twerk in front of it or something, like you know, it doesn't get the same reaction. So when that when that happens. That used to be one of my normal moves, and I realized it got a good reaction. So I was like, that's my finish now. So. And it makes sense. It makes sense, in my opinion. Like, when you think about it, when you're hitting a DDT, you're popping your hip, hips to the floor to, like, send them down quick. So the twerk is surely, like, creating friction, right? So it's going to, like, yeah. it's going to build up some kinetic energy there. Exactly. And then, bam, like, your hips are going to work better than if you didn't do the twerk. You know, exactly. Duh. Brad, what's 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 your big move? Um, a, a couple of moves. I mostly fa- uh, favor an ankle lock now. Um, going back, it, it's people who inspired me. I absolutely loved um, Kurt Angle growing up, and ev- everyone gets their one wrestler on their list that probably shouldn't be there. Um, my one was always Ken Shamrock. He was absolutely nuts. And he just looked hard as nails. Always loved him, and like he bust out a beautiful like Hurricane Rana back when they weren't really a thing as well. So I was like, I I love this guy. He looks good. So yeah, I, I um and I always want a, a a submission finish. I think they add so much drama to a match, mm. um, and it's good to have as well as obviously other stuff. But I I just think they add a lot to a match. So. Out of um out of all submissions as well, I think it's really cool with the ankle lock because there's so many things you can go into. Like there's a lot of different reversals and kind of um like there's nothing worse than like the the submissions that you just you just can't get out of. It kills the drama because you want break <laughs> every five times. <laughs> Cassius, do you do any submission moves like just in general? Well, well, I do one. I call it the cast mission. Um, I don't do it often. I don't do it often, yeah, but you know, I whip it out in a championship match. Um, it's it's like an octopus, but you stand on their back. Okay. See, I don't know what oh. the name is it of it actually is, but you're standing on their back, um, and it's kind of like an octopus, yeah. You know what I love, uh, Cassius, is I, I love your branding, man. Everything's got your name on it. Everything's ah! like, you know, the CADS mission, the DD twerk, Maybe. like, you you just got it down. Do you know what? People hate me for that. Like, backstage, people laugh at me when, that, when, when they're like, oh, so what's this move called? And I'm like, oh, this is the casserole. And it's like a... Um, you know that rolling pin when some if someone goes to give you a hip toss and you roll over and then you bridge? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the proper name for that is called, but I'll call it the casserole. Um, and every time I, I say that, someone someone will eye roll or they'll just do like <sighs> but like I know a lot of people do that now but I saw it when um Layla from um like one of the divas did it back in the day and I was like oh that's like a nice little quick roll-up little thing let me try that um so a lot of my moves were inspired by the divas so and I noticed when I 
used diva moves and was wrestling guys on the scene that never really watched diva wrestling they were like oh my god what are these moves so therefore i was doing something different you know the diva move that really popped me and i'm surprised you don't use it it's got to be the molly go round that popped me huge see i did that once i did that once but i I never perfected it that's why i didn't whip it out a lot but of course that's going to be in my repertoire that's probably going to be like the next thing i'm going to do so of course it is it's such an awesome move it is undervalued move as well it really popped me yeah there's some really good ones i don't know why not many people on tv did it apart from molly holly like every now and then someone whips it out like once every five years and then they never do it again the i'm trying to think if i use any uh diva-esque moves i use the uh eat defeat i think that's okay okay, okay. I, I, i used to use that yeah it's a good one it's just it's such a nice transitional move um it's good nice nice and meaty i think um and also the i i had a soft spot for the um well you know what when i did it it looked terrible but you know when <laughs> kelly kelly used to do that um that finisher where she, she it was basically the a um the fame master but the no jump one when she would step up from them and then do it or when she just literally kicks them in the gut she, yeah, she just kick him in the gut, put a, put her leg there, hold their arm, and then yeah, drop. Yeah. yeah, I used to, I did that because I was too lazy to do a normal fame master. So. Well, that one's good. It worked for Kelly Kelly. So you do it, Kelly Kelly's fame master, and I'll do Kelly Kelly's tilt a well because I I do the tilt well head scissor around 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 around, and like people used to think, oh, like did you did you see Rey Mysterio do that? And I was like, oh no, Kelly Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I bet that's got you some right heat from the workers. All the old schoolers in the back. Like, where'd you get that from, exactly. Kelly Kelly? They'd be like, Kelly Kelly. But then I'll go do it, and the crowd would be like, oh. And then, then they'll see, like, oh, okay, right, it gets a good reaction. So, yeah, okay. Then they're on board with it after. When they first hear it, they're like, okay, whatever. Once they've seen it done, then they're like, okay, cool, right. Now I see why he does it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know, and you make you make fun of it, but like there'll be very few, um, very few moves in the show that'll get as good a reaction as that. And that was one of the moves that before I was a wrestler, I was was like, when I become a wrestler, I'm gonna do that move. Um. So, and then when I finally learned to do the move and then did it, I was like, okay, yeah, this is wicked. This is like a dream coming true. You know. You do a lot more. Um. Well, both of you guys, I think you do a lot more moves um, that are maybe more exciting than mine. My, all of my um, all of my shtick is kind of I like to do stuff that's kind of uh, safe from a worker's perspective. And I like to think if I was let's say that I was working with Brad on one of those camp shows where he was hung over. Um, I'd love to uh, I'd love to know that he wouldn't have he wouldn't have a gripe about working with me because all my stuff is just easy you know that's um how i try and work no i've, I've got my cat match my camp match I'm, I'm good i think we'd work pretty well it's my um <laughs> a concrete boots match as in my boots are full of concrete they don't leave the canvas oh okay i was like oh what's this concrete (laughs) i know right i thought it was gonna be like an actual like stipulation like like you (laughs) were gonna try and work the crowd that is the stipulation they don't leave the canvas (laughs) (laughs) that would be that maybe we've just invented a um 
a new a new match stipulation. You know, you've got TLC, you've got um like the ladder match, and now you've got the concrete boots. <laughs> concrete boots match. Speaking speaking of moves as well, have you guys got like have you guys got a move that you've always loved watching, but for whatever reason you either you either can't do it like just like out of fear or maybe you can't do it because maybe it just doesn't fit with you have you got like a certain thing that you'd love to do but you just never could trish stratus chick kick like i know it's literally just a roundhouse kick but i'm only five foot eight and a lot of the people are taller than me so i can't really reach their head (laughs) when i go for a kick so that that and yeah i think it's just that yeah. Oh wait, no, oh. no, no. Anything where it's like some sort of backflip. Oh, okay. A moonsault, like a standing moonsault. I, I'm not actually that good at doing that, so I don't do it. But I wish I could, and I, I always thought I would do that move, but I just, yeah, I don't. <laughs> the thing, yeah, I, I get you with that. The um, I'm terrible. Everyone does at, a moonsault at... now, so. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. why I haven't decided to do it because um, also because I'm shit scared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But like, yeah, it's just because everyone does it, you know. Like, if, uh, the way I see it is like, there's, there's, for me to learn that, there's a lot of risk involved, and it doesn't even get that big of a pot because, like you say, everyone does it. So, risk and reward, it, it just this day and age, it's not worth the risk to get the reward because the reward is, is not that great. Not mm. when you got people that actually do like a double moon So you're like, well, I, I'm mm. never gonna be able to do that. So why risk it in the first place? Yeah, so I'll just do the eye poke. Yeah. <laughs> Punch, kick, choke, brother. That, that's that's. <laughs> what about you, Brad? You got a move? Um, not a move like out and out. Like for me, it was retraining my brain because when I when I was younger, I come from like uh, a more athletic background. So I used to play football. I used to play in goal, uh, a goalkeeper. So I'm used to like diving around. I used to do gymnastics as well. So I'm very like quite agile. Mm-hmm. So I can do stuff that it, when I walk through the curtain, you're like, well, no, he's not going to do that. Mm. But just because I can do it doesn't mean I should always do it. And it took so long to get that in my head because sometimes it just looks stupid. I'm like six foot three and like 16, 17 stone. Like it, 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 there's guys that can do so much more and better than what I can do. So I was like, well, why should I do that? Because I could train and try and do that, but they can't train and be six foot three, six foot four. You can't teach that. So I was like, I, I need to be more of a heavyweight. So it took me so long to get that like into my head. I can still do like the occasional thing just to show that I can. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I need to get into, keep the mentality of just because I can, I shouldn't. I got to say, I really appreciate the uh, I appreciate the hustle from Brad over here. I, I put a question out and I'm like, hey, is there any moves that you can't do? And he's like, bitch, uh, I can do all the moves. I just choose not to. Uh, <laughs> just not very well <laughs> in relation to brad saying about um being doing gymnastics and stuff i remember one time that we had this tag match and i was managing you and priscilla and i was on the outside at stand against ring watching and 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 like you probably thought this was a fairway part of the match but i actually was like oh, okay wow was um he was you were in a wrist lock and then you did like a cartwheel reversal and I was like oh my god I didn't know Brad could do a cartwheel like wow yeah like literally throwaway stuff which I mean like I say I, I can put it in there and it, it it's okay but then when it comes to like the main part of like offense and stuff like that it just it, it, it takes away from my size and it 
so many people told me that, but it never clicked. It took so long for that to actually click for me to go, well, no, why, why would I do this? Not my wrestling character wouldn't do that. That's, that's the bit that it took me a long time to get. Uh-huh. No, I no, Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's good that you've kind of got things built up um, so that like you're thinking about what your wrestling character would do. I think that that's something that a lot of people miss. Um, just how much thought goes into all the things that we do. Um, j- just to, just to uh, to take it further as well, guys, I wanted to ask you about um, what's your kind of um, have you got a match that you have learned the most from? Uh, we're obviously coming to the end of the podcast now. I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, have you have you got like a really a really a match that sticks out to you uh, from your past where you've learned so much, um, or something that you want to kind of um, talk about that's helped you along your way? To be fair, the match that you literally describing for me happened a lot later than I thought it would have, but. Because everyone gets to a stage in wrestling where they're not stale or anything like that, but you, you cross a bridge and you think you you're at where you're at and you, you're not going to learn anymore. It's a case to keep going, but I really did learn something that day. So I'd go back to our WAW show we did at Carroll Road, the football ground. So it was like four and a half thousand people there, which is the most I've worked in front of. Um, and I, I wrestled Nick Aldis for the NWA title. So for me, it's just a, a massive, massive deal um, in itself, like the occasion. But then actually wrestling Nick, he is um, like the, the ultimate professional. He is always what's best for the match. Um, and I actually learned so much planning it, also so much in there. But it, it was a massive, massive occasion um, in which, like, like I say, I've been wrestling for like, for what, 14 years. So I don't feel the nerves... Um, as much as I used to still feel them because if you don't feel them you shouldn't be in the business simple as that because it's healthy but you always get that one match every now and again and this really was that I was actually nervous going into it I was going over my head what we're doing what we're doing what we're doing but Nick was like I say the old professional he really broke it down superbly and it was like we we could go out there in front of all these people and do all this do that do this 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 and this is but it's not about that it's about the moment it's nwa title yeah mm-hmm. so it's it's the most like historic oldest like championship in the world you're the first like openly gay contender for it so it's all about occasion it's all about the importance of like that and stuff so mm-hmm. we did like the the temp it's really weird as well we did the 10 pounds of gold documentary leading up to it so literally from the moment I walked into the building, I was being filmed. I was being filmed while just walking around the ring, getting stuff in my head, uh, getting changed. Uh, like back before we're about to go out, when we finish, when we come back, filming all the way through. And like that's that's when you know you're in there with like the best. So uh-huh. it arrives in a suit, is the part, plays the part, mm. every part about it. And, and I just learned so much about the business side of the business i would say mm-hmm. I just, could you tell us a little bit of kind of some specifics about what you took away from his match planning situation like how how did that come about i like and it's um for every young wrestler being told don't rush you mm-hmm. never think you are rushing until you're told that and you think well i'm not it takes so long for that penny to drop and i thought that penny really did drop many years ago like you're going too fast mm-hmm. 
and I thought, well, no, this is, I, I've been in the ring many a times now with a younger guy or, or whoever, and be like, no, not yet. We're not ready yet. Don't get up yet. Keep going. Stay down. Stay down. And then I was thinking, well, I've got this in my head till I come to that occasion. And because it was such a big occasion, I just wanted it to go perfect. So I was so ready because in my head I had the next part. So I'm ready to go to it. And he's like, no, back down. I was like, really? No, not yet. And, and he took me back down. And that's when I really, really like, heard the crowd. and was like, okay. Yeah, no, this this guy is he's he's a top guy. He he really showed me in the ring why he's a top guy. He just oozed class. That's really interesting to because uh, you know what I, that's a critique that we all get and uh, and and I've and I've received that that critique in the past as well. And uh, and it's funny, isn't it, when you watch wrestling as a fan and you you're you're watching it and you you don't realize that that would go through people's mind. You'd think the wrestlers would be like trying to go quicker, you know, to be more exciting and all that. But um, trying to slow that down and listen to that audience is probably one of the hardest things. Yeah. Uh, that you can crack as a, as a, as a performer, I suppose. Especially when you've got it in your head that you think that you are there. But the, the, the story, like the old phrase is, is when you think you're going slow enough, slow down. Mm. And you think to yourself, like as a young wrestler, it's like, if I go any slower, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's like, it just sounds ridiculous. It's like, oh, it's these old timers saying that because wrestling's not the way they were, they're bitter, they're this or that. But then when you work with some of these guys and you do take that extra second on stuff, mm. it's like, I really get it. I worked with um, Billy Gunn not too long ago and it was the same scenario. Like I, I put Nick as, as the match like to, to answer the question because that was groundbreaking for me. But it's the same thing. He's like, oh, we've got, he said to me, like, we've got all these guys here tonight. We had an absolutely stacked card. All our top guys, all uh, quite a lot of top guys from the UK. We had him over. We had uh, Mick Foley over, like James Storm. And he's like, we could go out there and do what these guys are doing. Or we could just tell a story because they're here to see the match. They're not here to see this, that, the other and stuff like that. And I was in the same scenario. I was in there. I was on with him. And I think oh, I just want to like, impress him. I want to show him what I can do and stuff like that. But then you realise you actually impress someone by like, well, actually you show you know less by trying to do more, and it just takes so long for that to get in your head. Mine was see, this wasn't even that long ago, but I did learn a lot from this. Was um when we did the Pride of Brighton finals at Riptide, um, and I was against Curtis Chapman, and I learned so I learned so much that day because. We so I'd had three matches that day and this was like the last match and we had kept it very simple like we didn't put f so many moves in there and I noticed that when we eventually did do some moves we got such a better crowd reaction because we didn't pad it out with like you know a hundred unneeded things we were just telling the story of I had a bad back and my back was injured so um, he was attacking that and then people actually felt sorry for me and and then when I kicked out of like the near falls at the end of it, the crowd were going crazy. And I was like, oh, my God, like we we this was one of the most simple matches I've done. But I got like the best crowd reaction per like move, you could say, like and then I realized like it's not totally about the moves. Like, yeah, it's cool to have a cool move, but 
it's the little bits you do in between and the stories in between that really get them into it. And that's why I learned a lot from that match and why I liked that match is because I felt like I was like telling a story out there, which is kind of like what I what I watched growing up was people telling stories, not just people doing a thousand super kicks and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> like we, yeah, we were just keeping it simple. So the crowd, no matter what age they were or if they were a wrestling fan or not, if it was simple, they could understand it, but still keeping it exciting at the same time. And another match I had with um, Lewis Howley we was it was very simple as well but we still got a good crowd crowd reaction when we finally did some moves and um and when you get the crowd reaction as when you get the cheers as opposed to just you know a little clap that's when like you can feel the the energy from the crowd and then it just goes through you and they keep you alive and then it's just so much more fun. And, and that's when you're like truly like living the dream. Like that's those times where you feel most alive. Those are always where I learn the most. Uh-huh. That That's where wrestling becomes a drug, isn't it? Yeah. If like to, to get the crowd reacting exactly how you want it, it, yeah. it there's nothing that compares. Like and nothing. You've done it. it yeah. It, it, it's unrivaled. And then once you right. once once they do react like that, it's like oh, I want to make them react like that all the time. And, and you know, <laughs> the that's the drug that I've been missing recently. You know, with with all of this, um, the freaking um, luckily, luckily, right? I literally put a post up like a couple of days ago on social media, and it was just a video of me, and I was just like, it's getting hard now, guys. And I was I was just a bit emotional. I had to like get it off my chest and then a couple of days later i get contacted by this promoter and he's like hey i've had i've had um a cancellation in uh in in one of my like tapings like they they were like taping like a uh, an online wrestling show they're doing things up until christmas because of lockdown uh this was like pre-lockdown obviously um and like and i yeah i ended up going down there no audience nothing like that all like covid secure etc but the thing is just being in that ring was like it was maybe it was probably only like 45 percent what you normally feel but like right now i was just like yeah like i just that's like yeah literally it felt like wrestle freaking mania you know yes do you know what i just didn't realize how um like wrestling and even going to training and stuff like and and hitting someone in a safe environment like how it actually gets so much like aggression out. Like I've never felt like an angry person because I've always had an outlet to hit someone, you know, yeah, wrestling. But but the last like what eight months or whatever of like lockdown, it's been like, oh my god, I need to hit someone, but I don't want to go to prison or anything. So <laughs> I'm gonna wait till we go back to wrestling training. But like, it's so weird, isn't it? How it, it, it does you just you don't realize how much you need it until it's taken away from you. It really, yeah. really, honestly, it is a drug. It really is. Mm. Yeah, and it's man, like, like even if you're going through something like hard in your life that isn't related to wrestling, like if you're going through boy troubles, whatever, like you can go wrestling and then like hit someone or like you know learn some cool new things, and then it suddenly makes everything okay like that's what i miss that, about wrestling 
Yeah, and you yeah. just want to like it's the screaming as well. Like for me, anyway, it's the it's the larger than life. Like just like like you know like uh, I I feel like the the two characters that I was mentioning earlier, my actual self and my and my performance self. I feel like because of this lockdown, they've been merging a little bit too close than I like, <laughs> you know. And like the uh, I just feel like it gets in your head, you know, it weighs you down because you don't have that creative outlet. That's how, that's how I see it anyway. Um, and just like having that, because, you know, my wrestling persona is just an egotistical, arrogant uh, piece of crap, really. Um, and all that negative and stuff I can get out of my actual self. I can control <laughs> yeah. my own ego because of what I do in the ring. And when that's gone, you know, I'm, I'm a dick. Walking down Sainsbury's, being like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, yeah, just start promoing. Someone's not wearing a mask, you just be like, screw you, screw you, get in the ring right now. Come on, right over there in the frozen fruit aisle, we're there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. Let's go. Um, but, you know, it's been absolutely awesome having you guys on today. It's been a great, great evening. We've had a few drinks, we've had a few laughs. Is there, just before we go, is there something, obviously, we've just gone into lockdown 2.0 there'll be people listening to this that kind of um might be feeling uh a little bit kind of um i don't know down right now it's all very uncertain is there something that you'd like to say to your audience uh before we go um right in these trying times yeah these are uncertain times but i think what we need to take away from it that there will like it's massive scott hall fan back in the day bad times don't last mm. yeah simple as that they don't last we can get through this and the way we get through this is together we may not be physically together but like virtually we can be together yeah there there are it's having something to look forward to for me obviously it's wrestling it, it pride pro it, is is a massive thing i'm looking forward to yeah because obviously it's so far away but it's given me something to count down to mm. yeah, in certain uncertain times you you need that you need a good group of friends yeah, yeah. you need some can contact at any time and you know you'll get that message back it, mm. it, it, it nothing important but you just need to know that you've got someone that you can message and there are always people out there for that yeah, yeah. like you say on the on the who talked about the in our pride pro uh, chat group is, is that we've had people reach out to us yes obviously this is just lgbt um, issues a lot of it but it, it's anything obviously one of the main things that gets affected in this time is is mental health um mm-hmm. we've seen the impact we had um it's something i didn't think we were going to mention today but if you look at uh, ryan smile obviously i was back in the day very good friends with um his wife alice um mm-hmm. people who are struggling they you have to know that you can reach out. Mm-hmm. There are people there who've been through what you've been through. I, I'm, I'm not saying I have, but there are people out there who have been through what you've been able to talk to. E- even if they don't understand, just talking to people can help. As simple mm-hmm. as that. So the messages are always open. My message is open. I'm sure it goes for you guys. It goes for private. It goes for anyone in wrestling. We're such a strong community, be it weird wonderful uh, the variety is, is is the main key of wrestling but there's always someone that can relate so we, we need to stick together as simple yeah. as that my, my message is, is stick together even though we can't be together 
Yeah. I think in lockdown, it's it's good to know the small little things that make you happy. Like, obviously, there's, like, you can't, people can't do their jobs that make them happy or chase a career that makes them happy at this point or, you know. But little things like going to the park and having a walk and just seeing the sun, that can really change your mood or just working out or yoga like I've done a lot of yoga during lockdown and that's the thing that keeps me sane and I swear by it so yeah learn do the do small little things that change your day to change your mood um and yoga yeah I swear by that well, thank you so much to uh, Cassius, the Neon Explosion, and Brad Slayer for joining me on the VIP Lounge episode 10. Uh, if you enjoyed that, guys, please do give it some love on social media. Uh, you can check out my social medias uh, at Reese Ryan Brand. Uh, and also, you can check out the VIP Lounge specific in, in social medias at VIP Pod RR. Um, so, thank you so much, guys. As always, you can check out ReeseRyanBrand.com. For any merchandise or anything like that i will soon be setting up a patreon uh so if you wanted to donate to help these continue uh or any other exclusive content to support me and the brand that'll be absolutely fantastic um as always i appreciate all of your support um with absolutely everything and once again uh, we have the Wrestling With Ourselves podcast that has just been recorded, which will be up this week. Uh, so check that out. Give that some love on Spotify. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys, and uh, stay safe. We'll see you soon. Peace.